0: Slow it down. Ooh. You're listening to the late night, boys. So
1: late.
0: On, Ooh. America- Ooh. Ooh. On America's most sensual podcast, the, the pod Sensualist. Ooh. Ooh. I'm, Ooh I'm, I'm Matisse Van Rossum reminding you that sex sells, but who's buying? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm Ben Cheats. But you can call me bed sheets, baby girl. Oh, oh,
1: oh. god damn. Ooh, who are you, Bootsy Collins? God damn. And I'm uh, Cleveland Mosier, and I want to be in the movie.
0: The movie's <laughs> all about you, baby. Mm. We're back, and we're feeling steamy. We are, yeah. yeah. We we just got back from uh watching the the brand new Ty West movie X.
1: Gonna give it to you, and you know what it gave it to ya. And me, you. Know, and you know what? I don't speak for you, but I'll speak for me.
0: You have also reached the uh, limit of the number of times you can make that joke on this podcast. Oh no, so early <laughs>
1: into the episode.
0: No, in the history of the podcast, because this is far from the first time <laughs> you've made an ex to give it to you reference. It's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, last week we talked about uh, an, an early Thai West film, Cabin Fever 2, uh, which was uh, frankly quite, quite a stinker. Despite some uh, some good potential, but talk about a glow up. Yeah, seriously,
2: you know, going from <laughs> Cabin Fever to which probably should have been an Alan Smithy project, just to like this, uh, just
0: like Ty West it's, wanted. Uh,
2: it's day and night. I think part of it is like obviously this is an A twenty four movie, and they gave him much more creative control yes. than uh artistic you know, your, liberty. Yeah. I, mean, I
0: would say that Ty West has maintained uh pretty tight creative control of his projects for a long time now. Probably um, ever since Cabin
2: Fever Two.
0: And you know, this is this is hardly uh his first good movie. You know, we talked a little bit about like House of the Devil and the Sacrament last week. Like he makes good movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh the comparison between Cabin Fever two and this is is stark. Uh, I liked this movie. I think we all liked this movie, yeah, um, kind of went into it expecting to enjoy it, but it didn't disappoint.
2: You mentioned uh you know House of the Devil there, and this movie feels in a lot of ways like a seventies House of the devil to me, yeah, you know, in terms of pacing and in terms of like purely like trying to get the aesthetic of a decade just nailed, yeah, mm-hmm. I think this movie does that. they did perfectly, it.
1: yeah, absolutely, I, I couldn't help but think of the two thousand three Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie again <laughs> and just how it's it's like the difference between like a cow carcass and like a, a fine cooked steak. You know? Yeah.
0: Like now that yeah, that was a movie that was also set in the mm-hmm. 70s but felt like a movie made in 2002 2003 which it was yes uh and you know well i will say they nailed the 70s aesthetic on this it also does still feel like a modern horror film Oh sure, like you know sort of the, the best of both
1: in my eyes
0: you know it, it's got it's got a lot of the qualities the hallmarks of uh the sort of um elevated horror as they call it that mm-hmm. a24 you know loves so much
2: what's so funny about that is jenna ortega
0: yes uh i was just about you know to in that.
2: scream was making fun of elevated horror she was
0: the one at her at the beginning when she's talking with the killer on the phone about how she prefers elevated horror like the witch and hereditary and you know now just a, a couple months later uh she is in a elevated horror film you know uh th- this film is is a really good blend of 70s throwback and modern. Horror. It's got like the right level of kind of like 70s exploitation sleaze while still, you know, having more layers to it, I think, uh, while still being about more than just the exploitation. Um, you know, and exploitation is fine. I, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with with dumb 70s exploitation that is just sex and guts like I don't have a problem with that at all. But I
1: thought this movie had a lot of cool commentary too. Mm, like, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in theme uh, and also like the killer acted as an allegory for it. And yeah, I thought it was neat. I didn't see any trailers going into this one, I had no idea the plot was gonna be so steeped around sex. But what I did know is I told some peers that I was going to go see it and they told me, Oh man, I had some I've heard good things, but also I've heard, you know, like uh some friends like saying they almost walked out of the movie and a good friend of ours like didn't just just really didn't like it. I won't name names, but like that, that person is like very sex positive and, like, very, like, cool about that kind of stuff. So I was, like, really surprised to hear that, like, coming out of the movie. Just I mean, like, was
0: it was it the depiction of sex that bothered No, them? I don't know what it was. So,
1: like, like I'm not going to project yeah. beyond that, yeah. which is why I'm not naming any names. I did think that was interesting. I was like, oh, damn, you know, like, because, like, I thought it was a fucking great slasher. It did everything just about right in my book. I've got a couple small critiques, for sure. Sure. But, yeah, when it, when it came to, like, the commentary on sex, like, okay, in the past, I've come into exploitation movies with kind of a cock eye. You know, in certain cases, I remember like when we watched Frankenhooker, for instance, there was sort of a, a conversation about that that kind of brought me around mm-hmm. on some of those things. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've grown. I've learned a lot um, about that genre. I wasn't really exposed to it very much before the podcast.
0: We've dipped you in sleaze. You yes. have. You
1: dipped me in sleaze. And um, I do please. Uh, or a play I don't. You get what I mean. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been it's been a hell of a ride, and I think this is this film is a great example of me kind of coming out on the other side of it. And I've always been very sex positive, and like even sex work positive, and all the rest of it. But I like, don't
0: think I don't think this movie is sex negative at all, though. Like, no. I, yeah. I, and and honestly, the um, the sleaze factor feels cosmetic only. I don't feel like it's a thematically sleazy film and the trailer doesn't really let, let that on. You know, I mean, I I thought the trailers were good, but it it definitely ended up being uh, a different sort of film than I was expecting. I was expecting more just your typical, um, seventies sleazy sex slasher. And I mean, sex is obviously a big part of this movie because the protagonists are a sort of, uh, DIY film crew shooting a porno, trying to make their big break. But, uh, the, the elderly couple that they've rented this boarding house from, uh, you know, there's there's something sinister there. There's something sinister under the surface. So, like, sex is a big part of the movie, but none of the sex in this movie feels particularly erotic to me. Uh, if anything... It's largely like, comedic. It's comedic yeah. or kind of grotesque.
2: Yeah. I think, yeah, the sex in this movie... You know, in a typical exploitation movie it would be played towards eroticism. Yeah.
0: You know, usually, or sleaziness. And I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of hot people in this movie, but the way that the film depicts it is like, it's not, it doesn't serve the purpose of you getting your jollies. You know, yeah. it's, not, it's not intended to arouse, no, I, mean, I don't a- think.
1: Almost always, it ends in a punchline.
0: Or horror, uh, yeah, a punchline, like, or yeah, or yeah. something, yeah. Uh, it, it's never like ended
1: like for the sake of like sexual release or gratification, like, it's never intended, like, that's never the intent. We should probably get into the plot first before I like we start pulling up specific yeah. scenes.
0: Well, we, I mean, we've, we've given a, an overview of what the film yeah, is about, so you know, I mean, we can, you know, I, I think we can start talking about yep. specific scenes. Do you mind if I? Go for it. So, uh,
1: our premise um, starts very similarly to our original Texas Chainsaw after a beat. But we start with our protagonist uh, in a kind of strip club back room hitting that cocaine, mm-hmm. um, her boyfriend comes out, you know, like, wishes are the best, they leave the venue, and they meet up with their friends, and they head out on the road. It's slowly revealed that they are, spoilers ahead, they are, like, off to shoot a porno.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. With the wonderful Wizard of Oz. We're slowly introduced to all the characters, all of which I thought were, considering the runtime, like, just perfectly developed in all capacities. Hey. heh heh. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: everyone did a great job and yeah. characters were well developed and yeah. good acting yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone, everyone got enough dialogue and characterization
1: yeah. like even um the the sort of like the the character sort of the star of the show like the blonde you know who has it all like the looks and everything um, where you can see like her life has been planned out for her. she gets a number of monologues where she she talks about that and how like she wants to like use that for the best and like enjoy her youth while she has it which I largely find kind of admirable, you know, like, like, there's a bit of like tongue-in-cheek with that for sure and like she's definitely like kind of full of herself but like she felt relatively rounded to me all the characters do um our protagonist uh you know like she's got that x factor you know she wants to be a star she, thinks she wants that, to be a sex symbol yeah is what she says at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie yeah, that's right she wants to be a sex she's, symbol she's
0: given herself affirmations in the mirror in the in the strip club she does, yeah. she does a big bump of coke and she says you're a sex symbol mm-hmm. this um, is great Mia, Mia god is this character by the way uh she's fantastic uh in this movie yeah. um i like i like her well,
1: a lot it's a it's a great casting too because like she's not conventionally attractive the same as like the the blonde character is right like the blonde character is like pin-up poster like like she's the person you would get for like the marilyn lead role. monroe
0: type exactly
1: yeah. like it's all the conventional check marks essentially whereas like this character like like she's she's got a kind of a different look about her And, you know, she looks a little bit more like... Like, average or homie is definitely the wrong word. But, like, there's something... I think
0: Mia Goth is really hot. She's gorgeous. Absolutely. But
1: she's not gorgeous in like all of the same conventional ways as like the blonde character and sure. I think and that's what works that's the X factor you thing know what I th- th- it's like there's something you can't put words into about her you I, know like I, I think and I, I can that. put
2: it to words it's the lack of eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> it always throws me off to be honest mm. she is really attractive in this
0: movie but I it, I still notice
1: it yeah, all yeah. the time whenever I see her yeah, the, the, the Voldemort factor Yeah, <laughs> the, the, no, that's, that's mean but
0: Look, um, I can as a fellow ginger <laughs> I sympathize with Mia Goth about not having visible eyebrows. We have very, <laughs> we have very fair eyebrows, but you know uh, it's uh, it's more uh, acceptable for her to wear uh, eyebrow makeup than it is for me. So, uh, hey, no one's stopping you though. But. That's true, but I don't really. I don't want. That's too much work. It right. is too much work. Because <laughs> <I'm just, laughs> you got like, to clean it off. Night. Next
2: time we come uh, to record the
0: podcast, you have you've, like really just dark, <laughs>
2: huge, bushy eyebrows. <laughs>
0: i'm gonna draw on i'm gonna go like full goth girl and shave off my eyebrows and then do like the really like sharp <laughs> like black line like angry eyebrows I love those it makes to me I always thought that those make
1: a person look more like they're in a funny comic you know like they look like a peanuts character I've always thought when you when they get really steep with the angles on it <laughs> yeah. it's like because like, it's literally drawn on, you know. Like, it's silly. Um, but hey, do you done think- right? It's fine, you know. But I, uh, no, yeah. Do you think? Live your life. Uh, don't let me stop you. Uh, it is kind of funny, though. It is. Uh, so they get there. We're introduced to the elderly couple that owns the place, and uh, on the way, you know, we meet the boyfriend of the blonde, uh, who's also the other star of the show, Kid um, Cuddy. Yeah, That's
0: literally, Kid Cudi. That's Kid Cuddy. That yeah, was Kid Cuddy. Holy Kid shit! Cudi. That rolls. And I will say that I think it was great. I was going to say I think he's the weak link uh, in this movie in terms of acting. I don't think he's terrible. I think he's a little bit wooden. Uh, it's it's the kind of thing Interesting that,
1: choice of words. It's the
0: kind of thing that, uh, <laughs> that wouldn't stand out as much if everybody else in the movie wasn't so good. See,
2: what's so funny about it is when it's showing scenes of the movie when he's wooden, it works it super makes sense. well. Yeah. Again, with the phrase. You know, it's just... It, <laughs> <laughs> it's just emphasizing his, you know, his amateurish
0: acting. Yeah, like, I actually felt the same way. It's
2: it's the rest of the movie where it's a little
1: yeah.
0: underbaked, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's he has some line deliveries where it's like, okay, and he struck you know, me as reserved. It's you know, again, he's he's not he's not bad, but in a film full of very good performances the rapper trying to act stands out that's all i'll say that's fair uh i don't think uh i don't think it it was a a terrible performance by any means yeah i think uh, he he serves the per the the necessary purpose mm -hmm. he also you know uh gets a, a lot of the the comedy in the movie, yeah, um, you mm-hmm. know, sort of like after they shoot their first sex scene and they've got the, they they cut to the wide shot and it's him just like standing by the window like fully naked, it's so good, and he just, it's and so he starts, funny, and he starts like flexing, like showing <laughs> his muscles and stuff. Like I thought that, that was really fun. Yeah, like I, Ty West has a sense of humor. It was yeah. it
1: was like like it, that character his character too had like a really earnest masculinity about him. I always felt like his character was in on the joke. You know, like it never felt like he was just full of himself. Like he was having a good time with it. Well, and I liked that a you lot. Get I such found a charming.
2: great introduction to that when you first meet him and they're shooting the shot at the gas station, and you know the girl is like, shoot it, you know, from behind so it looks like the the pump is his cock. Yeah, and you know they shoot it so you see it with his, you know, the pump right there, the nozzle. Yeah. yeah, and he's like. He has a face of ecstasy. He's like lean, he's like
0: leaning his head back, like when you're at the urinal taking like a really good, like satisfying piss. Yeah. He's got the that, that same kind of look on his face. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, it introduces
2: him just so well in terms of like comedy. Well, that's the
0: thing. He's got he's got the the earnest masculinity that comes with just having a huge cock. Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah. I the, the like later on, like when the horror stuff really starts picking up and like the old man like comes out to the 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 cabin or whatever and kid cuddy meets him at the door and he's just standing there and they do that wide shot and he's kind of in silhouette but you can just see like his dick like dangling between his legs (laughs) just
1: silhouetted in like the lamplight it's so good it's so funny man this movie's a hoot i was laughing a lot
0: it's funny it's got a good sense of humor but at the same time it it's never like laughing with you i feel like it plays all of that stuff so straight like yeah. it's it never feels like it's trying to be funny the laughs come from the sort of inherent absurdity of of certain situations it's like, like circumstantial yeah. humor it's, it's not it's not jokey humor it's the way they choose to shoot things and frame things it's yeah like, i wouldn't even it's call visual
2: this, a lot of visual punch i wouldn't lines. even call this campy no i don't think this is a campy movie right. this movie plays it very you know, straight for the most part, it's just you know mm-hmm. situationally funny and, and i can
1: I can see how a said. lot of people could watch this movie and not know mm-hmm. how to feel. I think we're really fortunate. Uh, we had a great audience to watch this with in the theater. I wanted to bring this up. Normally, like, I can stand nothing more than, like, a fucking heckler in the crowd. You know, like, watching the movie. But we had a great guy in the audience who knew exactly <laughs> when to say funny shit. And, like, everyone else was, like, like just laughing and having a good time. And, like, like was, like, laughing at the punchlines. We, all, we were all kind of, like, in on the jokes together. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a huge crowd, but, like, it was, like, you know, like, decently sized. There's just a couple moments where, like, that guy just... At the just the perfect time Like uh, when the one girl Like says she wants to be In the movie And he just like quietly
0: goes Yes, like, yes! Like, in the movie.
1: <laughs> We just heard in the back Of the crowd like, Yeah
0: Like that was so No that was funny. the dude Who's sitting in the row Right in front yeah. of us <laughs> yeah, yeah Who said There were a couple of guys man, but... I feel like they were Kind of fueling each other Yeah um, Which there were, is good It was there funny were couple, yeah. There were a couple There were a couple of jokes That didn't land there No no Like they he were... was getting A little bit like He, he, got, got, a, he got confident Off the got, first yeah. one Because that was The first time that happened He'd gotten enough Laughs from us the audience that he he wanted to kind of keep going with it, yeah. yeah. And but and he only yeah. like, yeah. couple twice times. More. There were a couple times where
1: I'm like, all right, all right, on. bud. Yeah, yeah like, calm you're, down. You're
2: Not mystery science theater 3000.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> calm down.
0: <laughs>
1: but you know, like, like he didn't he didn't talk about
0: it on your podcast. <laughs> <asshole>. <laughs> uh,
1: and like I, I felt the same way. But like, fortunately, like he only did it like once or twice after yeah. that, and it was like, all right, bud. You know, but he stopped after I kind of felt that way about it, which was nice.
0: Um, well, yeah. I mean, his his timing on on the Jenna Ortega thing was particularly funny because like up till this point her character is the, they call p- her church mouse, the producer, yeah, I calls like. her church mouse. She's like very quiet. She seems kind of prudish. She's the girlfriend of the the quote unquote director who's like you know just f- the camera guy. Film student type. He wants very
2: to- into cinema. Yeah, he, he wants to
0: he wants to make an artsy porno and he's brought her in to do sound, but he didn't tell her that they were shooting a porno. So there's There's kind of some tension there, and then you know, like at the end of their first day of shooting, they, you know, uh, Mia Goth and Brittany Snow give this, you know, very like sex-positive kind of speech. Jen Ortega asks them, like, how can you like sleep with other people? Don't you care about love? And Mia Goth's like, like you can't control who you love, but you or you can control who you love, but you can't control who you're attracted to. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know, we're young. And pretty and whatever, and it culminates with then Jenna Ortega being like, "I want to be in the movie," and then this guy in front of us just like, "Yes!" <laughs> <laughs> like everyone in the
1: audience laughed I wonder, too. I yeah. wonder if he
0: was. I wonder if he was feeling blue balls uh, after that because like they do put Jenna Ortega in the movie, but she's the only one who doesn't have like an on-screen well, sex. I think scene. that's why
1: it works. You know, like that's what made it feel like I. Funny to use this term in this movie, but that's what made it not feel exploitative to me. Yeah. You know, it was like they made it like her call, but we're not like in on the skeeziness of it. You know, like it's, it's just like she wants to be in the movie. She wants to do this. It's for her. And it's, it, and by like not giving us that same, like, you know, kind of like look at all of it. Like it, it remains her choice. You know, yeah. like it remains like her thing. And I, I liked that a lot. And we already had so much of it to begin with, yeah. anyway. And we we wanted to skip into the horror, so like it was, it, it was really well paced. It was really well timed. You know, we didn't lose anything by not getting that. And uh, yeah, that that worked so well. And speaking of horror, that was kind of the inciting incident into the horror.
2: Yes. Um, what's interesting about that is that comes like
0: an hour into the movie. This movie is way more of a slow burn than I was expecting. I don't think that's a bad thing. No, No. I think
2: what gets you through it, to be honest, is the sex scenes and the nudity honestly and that comedy, sounds yeah. weird but like there there is a lot of atmosphere core mm-hmm. like yeah, don't well, get me wrong there's some really tense
0: scenes earlier on there's there's this like pretty much the second they show up at the farm there's like this sort of sense of impending doom that like death is waiting you know just behind Them I mm-hmm. think the it's set up at And, the, and the beginning. I, I think I think The scene that encompasses that Whole vibe best for me Is when uh, They're shooting Brittany snow and kid Cuddy's sex scene and Mia Goth goes for a walk and she finds the Pond and you know Love She's that. out she's yeah. out swimming in the Pond gorgeous overhead shot Really beautiful yeah. overhead drone Shot and it kind of pans Down and over into the reef and then we're like eye to eye With an alligator yeah. And then it cuts back to that big Overhead shot And you know she starts sort of like Slowly swimming back Lake towards way. The dock and then we see The alligator enter the frame Swimming directly for her And it's a fucking big ass gator yeah. And his, his name is Chekhov actually Chekhov's gator yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He does get a lovely payoff Later Yeah, oh, um, The best but like yeah and then it, that scene is so tense cuz we're see like she doesn't see or hear the gator coming for her so she's still just sort of slowly swimming while it's, like, gaining on her. And then, you know, she just kind of, like, puts her arms up on the dock and is just resting there for a second. And it gets right up behind her Mm -hmm. before she pulls herself up out of the water. And she never even sees the gator. She doesn't even know it. Only we as the audience know how close she just came to a horrible death. And, like, that, I feel like, so encapsulates the vibe of like the whole first half of the movie it's like that sense of dread death is right there
2: yeah no idea that that scene in particular has one of the stylistic quirks sort of a motif that comes up in this movie where it has sort of a rhythmic cutting back and forth between
0: the sex scene and that um, they do the they do like scene transitions that yeah. way too where like when they're transitioning into a new scene they'll do like a quick sort of back and forth cutting between the two scenes that I thought that was really interesting well,
1: it's fun because the camera guy like makes commentary I it makes it into commentary early on where he says like oh yeah well, we're gonna do it kind of like like we're gonna shoot our porno kind of like French cinema where we're gonna shoot the scenes yeah. out of order mm-hmm. and we're gonna you know and it's, and it's fun because they he don't says, shoot like, the scenes says, out of gonna, order
0: yeah he says I'm gonna play with uh, with time and mm-hmm stuff you know that'll make it more more arts and and it works
1: because they don't actually like make the move the movie a chronological like the film is is a to b like it's just that they they take those like interstitial moments where things are happening at the same time and they kind of like play with like cutting back and forth and like with really neat editing how do you guys read
2: the intercut between the the sex scene and the the gator
1: you know i was thinking about that and it's weird, like, like it gave me, like, some interesting visual imagery, but, like, it thematically it doesn't really apply. But, you know, like, in, like, films where we see, like, the shot of, like, the sperm and the egg, you know, like, like coming in like that. And, like, the gator, like, coming in like that. Like, it, it
0: gave me that same kind of vibe. Like, well, it's, it's so it's far building, back. It's building to a climax. They're both building to a climax. Right. It's yeah. just very different. And her getting out of the water, the... Next cut is to Brittany Snow wiping cum off her back. You know, so, so it's funny. like, <laughs> like, it is. In a, in
2: a way, I almost see it as kind of uh, self-referential, <laughs> towel you know, in you know, Ty West is saying, like, you're, you know, you're giving a sort of climax of, like, excitement to mm-hmm. your audience in the same way, you know, having sex to completion yeah. is like a climax.
0: Well, that I scene, like that. the gator scene is kind of like a tease almost, you know, it's like edging you a little bit, yeah. you and know?
1: It, it, it's neat because it really does break down, I think, what like the core of this film is about and it's that comparison of sex and violence in movies where, uh, and it—it it, I think it does a great job of highlighting the 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 fucking prudishness of uh like hollywood's like like nonsensical rating values where like sex is P-A-A. yeah like where where sex is so puritanically monitored and like focused on but violence is given like so much more room it's it's always been really funny to me it's like you know you can see like someone like get fucking decapitated like even in lord of the rings you know like they're like they're fucking cutting orcs heads off and shit like pg-13 movies can like get really really far with that sort of thing but heaven forbid you show a tit you know, like it's well, you
0: can show tits, but you can't show an erect penis. Yeah, no, heaven you know, forbid, You can't show that. As soon as as soon as the dick gets hard, then it's uh, then it's X rated. You mm-hmm. know, well, yeah. Well, I think I think beyond that, this
2: movie really plays into the idea of whore bringing a sort of nervous system arousal in a similar way as an erotic arousal. You know, I think not to spoil too much because they cut. You, this is the first scene of the movie, but also, you know, it bookends on both sides. Yeah. But the the cop says, you know, they find the camera and they say, uh, there must be one fucked up mo- horror movie horror on, here. on here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's playing off that idea of arousal, yeah. right? Like in both respects. So I, th- I think that mo- that is played on
1: throughout the movie in different ways. Mm-hmm. I think it's really clever. It's X-rated, but how is it X-rated? It it does such a good job with with commentary on that. Because those movies are rated, right? Like it's not even yeah. yeah, and that's what's so cool. It doesn't even need to be X rated to like talk about that sort of X rated stuff in a cool way. I just I love those themes of yeah, like sex and violence and how you know the two are conflated, how those wires are crossed, and how uh, you know, people view them so differently when it's kinda silly to like uh to hold values over one thing and not over the other.
2: Yeah, and I, I think You know the characters themselves kind of play into that in some ways. Like Kid Cudi's character was in Vietnam Mm -hmm. and he saw violence directly and saw war directly, and he went from that to being you know kind of a porn star and you know the to get away from it, yeah, the opposite end of the spectrum because it's a for a
1: it's a better life than getting shot at, you know. And Mm I and I think that that's really cool, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's it's such a cool reminder. It's like you know in real life, like like sex is so much. Such a better call than violence, but But in movies it's the opposite. It's
2: also playing off of that arousal, like that need for arousal, going from like complete nervous system arousal of being in war to you know yeah. just physical arousal in the most literal sense
1: speaking of physical arousal I did I did want to comment on one of the the, the funniest bits in the film where they finish shooting a sequence and everyone's feeling really good about the shot and the producer uh, uh, boyfriend of our protagonist comes out uh, and he, he he meets the the cameraman in the hallway the director guy and he says now I don't know I don't know what you're doing oh, but yeah. you've got to keep on doing it you're you've got to you know you've got to like a real fun fucking masterpiece on your hands just feel how hard my cock is right now and he just grabs the guy's hand and he just puts it on his dick just to like show him like and it's like this incredible like masculine confidence where it's like he's, he just wants to show him like how aroused he is like by like the heterosexual sex of the movie well it's what, so but it's like it's like it's a dude like touching his dick like holding his dick what makes like, it so
0: funny God. Is that what makes it so funny is that neither of them react to it that way even the cameraman Right, who has his hand grabbed and put onto <laughs> dude's dick, just kind of stands there, just kind of like, yeah. yeah, I did do a good job, because yeah, because it kind of stokes <laughs> his ego, and that you know that that right. gives that's a good uh, uh, transition. It's into, just men okay, being men. <laughs> that's a, it's a great transition into what I think is like one of the primary themes of the film. What it's really about is narcissism. Yes, because pretty much every one of. Our characters is a narcissist in some way or another. You know, the the ultimate conflict comes because the elderly woman, uh, the farmer's wife, you know, she is... Pining after her days of being beautiful and being desired and being a sex symbol, you know. And she's what she's lurking around, watching. She's she's looking through the window, watching them. Film. She's getting all horned up, you know. And it's it's all about trying to recapture that sense of youth and beauty that is lost. In contrast with our protagonists, who are all young and beautiful and don't realize you know they're not thinking about how that's going to be lost but they all you know mia goth she she wants to be a star she wants to be somebody the her boyfriend the producer wants to be rich and famous same with britney snow she wants to you know she wants to be a a, a famous sex symbol as well the director wants to you know that he wants this to be his big break into cinema you know like everybody's focused on themselves yeah. And,
1: you know, there's a lot of narcissism with like that level of uh, some sometimes not always, but like like with that level of like polyamory and whatnot too, like because like that, that that whole like speech that they get into, like where she wants to be in the movie and stuff, is like basically just like a big like advertisement for polyamory, and like I thought I just I thought that was like very, <laughs> it was very amusing, like they might as well just like started playing like fucking D and D after that, like that was some funny
0: shit. Well, what's funny is after that. Kid Cudi starts... stereotype with D&D couples? Kid Cudi starts fucking playing... Uh, playing guitar, he starts playing Landslide by Stevie <laughs> Nicks, <laughs> and Britney Snow is singing. And it does, you know, it does some really stylish, like 70s, like sort of uh, split screen editing uh, where, you know, we contrast that with the old woman in the dark house brushing her hair and putting on makeup and, you know, wishing that her husband still wanted to bang her and stuff like that. Uh, it's, uh, I-, I thought that was a uh, that was probably the campiest moment in the film but I liked it well, yeah. they, uh,
1: what do they do to break the spell they, there's something like someone says something or something happens at the end of that sequence it's really funny
0: I mean that's what that's then when they go into General Ortega saying she wants to be in the movie oh, yeah well, that's it's, what it yeah, was yeah, that yes, is what she that, says at the end of that scene yeah, yeah. yeah and, and on the, the other side
2: right of then. the split screen uh, oh, that's
1: you right. know
2: the the man says you know he can't have sex with her because his heart. Yeah, you know
1: his heart can't take it. Yeah,
0: yeah, because he's because they're a million years old. They're a million <laughs> years old. Yeah. Um that that actor who plays the old man. I wanted to bring this up. I just discovered this right before we started recording. That uh, is an actor named Stephen Yuri U R E. Um, and uh, I looked at his at his IMDb. And uh, his biggest credits are playing multiple orcs in Lord of the Rings. Whoa, <laughs> most, weird, because I just brought that notably, up for no reason. Most notably, he plays Grishnak in The Two Towers, who, Grishnak. Is, who is the old orc who wants to cut off Marion Pippin's legs and eat them. What about their legs? They don't need those. That's him. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, we should mention the other casting. Uh,
2: Yes. You know, the old lady is actually also played by Mia Goth in a
0: split role. Or dual role. She pulled a Tilda Swinton, which is funny because Mia Goth is also in uh, Suspiria as well. Yeah.
1: Um, How about that? I think she really really would have been pulling pulling a Tilda Swinton if she had also been the old man. If she
0: played the old man, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, that, that was the thing. Like, the, it was it was something that I like almost had a little bit of a problem with at first. I I kind of had a hard time parsing out what exactly was was going on. Um, because like the interior of the farmhouse is like really really underlit, almost to the point where like I was a little annoyed by it. Is like I can't tell what the fuck is happening here, and you know a lot of what we see of the old woman is. In either in very deep shadow or from a distance. And at the beginning, I was like, what, what are they doing here? And eventually, I started to realize, oh, they're trying to hide that it's a much younger actress in old person makeup. Yep. I did not realize it was Mia Goth until the credits. Yeah. But uh, you could definitely like I I was it thinking like you can, though, yeah, yeah.
1: they did the whole bit where it's like you're gonna lose it at some point, like thematically it plays in. So like I I had a hunch, but Yeah, and um, they do it like you could, mirroring. You, they make, exactly. Yeah, right? Literal mirroring. Yeah, she's looking yeah. into a mirror like during her yeah. whole sequence. But the, the one thing I is, is uh, regardless, you can tell it's old person makeup. Yeah, it sure. is. That is uh, a one of probably my minor gripes about the movie is like, I, I'm sure like they, they did the best they could on their budget, you know, like, cause it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty good at times. It's, like it's good for hands old people hands yeah like they did a good, great job with all of that stuff i mean they
0: could have had handstand. standing they probably did they but, probably but did it works like but, i mean yeah i think i think know. the old age makeup is good when i recognized it as old age makeup i i was on the verge of being frustrated just because it's one of those things where it's like unless you have a damn good reason for it which why not just cast an elder like an old person in this case once the credits rolled, and we saw that it was also Mia Goth. Then it's like, okay, I get it. The old woman has the fixation specifically on Mia Goth. She sees herself in her. They both have
1: that X factor. That
0: X factor. She had it when she was young, and Mia Goth has mm-hmm. it now. So because of the paralleling, yeah. then that makes sense. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like
2: scene where Sorry. you know she's have, Mia Goth is having that sex scene. Uh, On camera, and in the background, you see the old lady watching, Mm -hmm. and you see they replace Mia Goth with her in the for a split second, split second, as if she's imagining herself in there. Yeah, Um, and the fact that it was Mia Goth herself kind of played
0: into you know kind of that. I tell you it certainly makes more sense than for some reason having tilda swinton play the old man in suspiria i've come around on that some it doesn't bother me as much as it used to but in this case i can actually see the reason for it whereas in that movie it kind of just feels like We did it because Tilda could, I guess. (laughs) Like, you know, we don't need to relitigate that film. But uh, I think that uh, in in this movie, it is actually an interesting decision. In fact, there was a good period of time where I couldn't quite tell if the old man was also... Old age makeup.
1: The lighting is so. Uh, He's he's hidden a lot. He's hidden a lot too.
0: I mean, because they're often in like the same settings. And I mean, they definitely did do some old age makeup on him because that actor is not as old as this character. I I was going to say, say,
2: it does look better than the old lady. Yes.
1: While we're on the topic of effects, though, the makeup might have been like. You know, easy to clock as old person makeup as it often is, even in high budget films. Uh, but what wasn't easy to clock was the, the the dual character stuff. Like the fact that, like, she was interacting with herself in those scenes.
0: Yeah. Totally. In way. Yeah. Seamless. Very seamless. And yeah. i got to give credit
1: to that. Like, that was that was pretty impressive. Yeah, Totally.
0: And I mean, th- I think that's why part of the reason why that even though we clocked it as old age makeup, the fact that it was Mia Goth was surprising because they, they do have. A, a lot handful of, of scenes where they are interacting with one another yeah mm-hmm. so like the i would be curious to watch it again knowing that and seeing how they hide that stuff um because i mean they they did do a good job and i mean i'm sure they had multiple doubles for Mia goth that they you know put in a, a wig so they could shoot from behind when sure. you know But
1: it's always hidden well yeah and yeah it's uh, it's well done yeah and, and as somebody who has watched a lot of like Star Trek and Babylon 5 and other shows like that where they do that kind of thing all the time with doubles Constantly. and clones yeah. and alien illusions and whatever else like that. Like, this is way better, <laughs> like, like an execution. I mean, most of the shows are like from like the 90s and early aughts, So, like, I, you know, I respect it. But like, you know, we've come a long way in that respect, like being able to show doubles and how to yeah, and pulling yeah. it off with like good CG. Um, totally And I love I love that her being The other side of the coin Once again It's that same idea Of like sex and violence Like the younger one Like is, is uh, You know Sort of representative Of sex And owning that And then the older
0: one Is violence And it's cool it's- And she turns to violence Because she's angry She can't be sexy anymore
2: Right Well and you get That awesome scene The the first kill Mm. Uh, when you know RJ is running off because he's mad that he could he got cocked yeah he got cocked and <laughs>
1: uh, and he had to film it the... man the
0: the fact that after that sex scene they they just cut to him crying in the shower with the lights on to bias and arrest so development funny. Yeah. so uh, funny um, so <laughs> but he
2: you know runs off and the old lady comes up to him and you know essentially tries to make out with him kind yeah. Of. And he's not feeling it, and uh, she instead stabs him
1: in the neck.
2: He's like, All right, yeah. you won't
1: give me this? And you can give me another rush. I, yeah, I thought, exactly.
2: Yeah. It's like, because she couldn't get physical arousal, it's the other kind of arousal. Yep. And, you know, I I love that scene because, you know, it's lit by the the pickup truck's lights or the van's lights And uh, you know, as she's stabbing the blood is just slowly covering the the
0: the headlights and it looks great and it turns red. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Love motivated reasons for stylistic lighting mm-hmm. yeah that shit that shit arouses me <laughs> that, shit, that shit gets me off i think i talked about it last time when i'm we just gonna take it, your though. word for it
1: though i'm not gonna feel how hard your cock is
0: though so come, sorry come over here and feel how hard that's nah, all right but um, i talked about it last time when we covered <laughs> in the earth because that's the last like really good example i can oh, think oh yeah in world lighting yeah like motivated reasons for stylistic lighting
1: yeah and it's like it's not just a sci-fi you know, club <laughs> There's a reason, right.
0: and and you know, like, don't get me wrong. I I can also get down with a movie like Spring Breakers, where everything is just neon and colorful, just because. Mm-hmm. Mandy. Or Mandy, or Mandy, yeah, yeah you know, I and I, mm. I, but those are different types of movies, uh, you know, and and I I love when you can get something like that, like this, just deep red. Lighting of this old woman just sort of like orgiastically stabbing this dude in the throat over and over and over again, and it just looks so cool. And like, yeah, it's because his blood is splattered all yeah. over the light, and so that was the moment
2: like climaxing in yeah. ecstasy yeah. while and, she does oh, it. Yeah. Her, like, her eyes are rolling back in her head. Oh, and- she's
1: she's nutting, yeah and, yeah, and that was the moment too where I was. I completely forgave the old people makeup because she looked scary in that yeah. too. Old people makeup aside, like this like my my uh my disbelief was well suspended past sure. that point. Like yeah. um because well, see, I, whether like it was actually an old person or not became irrelevant because she looked like a fucking spooky ghost. And that was good yeah. enough for me. Like
0: I thought overall, like the treatment of that character, like she she was spooky. Mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. thought the way they handled her was was really good. Spooky, but you know, I'll, at, at times also kind of sad yeah. you know and, and, and like it is it is kind of it is kind of like genuinely sad when she like puts on all of the makeup and puts on like her nice dress yeah. and goes downstairs and starts like trying to you know kiss her husband and he's like you know i can't my heart and he yeah. just sort of walks away and she just looks like so dejected it's like yeah man that's it's sad thank god this movie
1: wasn't set in the 70s so they would have put on that that fucking song that was on the radio constantly about 10 years ago or like eight or so years ago you say
0: thank god it was set in the 70s yeah
1: so that we didn't have to hear will you still love me when i'm still young and beautiful i hope you will i hope you will you know the one like they played at the beginning of uh, the great gatsby movie it's the uh the what's yeah, her I face see that movie. Somandel, no. it's the the other one with who's all smoky and uh you know like she's like like Lana Del Rey? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lana Del Rey. It's the, yeah. Duck clubs Yeah. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> you can go after Lana like that, huh?
0: We're hating on this podcast. We're hating. Yeah.
1: yeah. I don't have any uh, resentment towards it, but it's, it's, that, it's that It's that. song, you know? Like, like you can... Y- place out with it. But you know you know yeah. you'll know the one. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it's either that I think that going to give it to. You. I mean, you got to pick. I
0: have other things in mind. No, I'm just saying
1: knock knock open up the play, door I'm it's gonna real. i play
0: I'm going to play Kid Cutie song. i will play Speed and Bullet to Heaven on the way out. Uh, about that. No.
1: Well, you know, like I've I've got a Speed and Bullet for you. It's the non-stop pop pop of stainless steel.
2: Well, talk about Speed and Bullet to Heaven. Kid cuddy gets a Speed and Bullet to Heaven in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he does.
0: Ha <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Sadly, that sadly, I think good. he has. I think he has oh. the least exciting death in this movie. Yeah, I can he like does... the directness of it, though. I was fine. Yeah, it, it's okay. I mean, the old man just like shoots him in the chest with a it's, shotgun. It's almost set up range. for the payoff of the shotgun later. Yeah. Well, see, they again, they kind of tease with the gator because when Kid Cudi, like you know, the old man comes to him as like you know, help me find my wife, and they decide to split up and walk around the pond. We know that big old fucking gators in the pond. Oh, he's there. And you know, Chekhov's when, waiting. When when Kid Cudi comes like around, he sees like the old man's flashlight in the water in the reeds. So then he like wades into the water where we saw the gator earlier, and like where we first saw the gator. I knew it's planted there I, like, to like Right, yeah. And uh, I thought, okay, the old man put the flashlight there, so he's gonna get got by the gator. He's gonna get yeah. gator and and it's he does right? and he doesn't. You know he then comes out and sees the old man. The old man shoots him, and then Brittany Snow's the one who gets got by the the gator. Oh, uh, I love that. So you know Chekhov does come back around. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's that like, scene was awesome. Yeah, she yeah. goes
1: down to the dock and she's like, "Oh yeah, I once thought maybe she I'd sees be a the nurse. old woman." There, and
0: she's yeah. she's once leg- going like?
1: She's she's legitimately kind, and I like that. It's sort of a subversion from like how often normally that that character in uh horror films, the, the the prettiest one, the blonde, is, is like a bitch. You know, like mm-hmm. is like usually like she's displayed as like unkind and uh, stuck up. And stuck up and all the rest of it. But here like she does try to help the lady. Like I mean, yeah. I I guess she is like, And
0: like she's still full of herself. I think she is but, the bitchiest and most stuck up of the characters, but that's not all she's reduced Yeah like like she's she's yeah. still a human being. She's a more well rounded character. And like that, yeah
1: right. like like she still tries to be nice for a moment and uh but you
0: know she does she does do it in kind of like that patronizing way that a lot of people speak to the elderly you know she's like oh i know my aunt gets confused sometimes too you know so i i've learned all about it i actually thought that i might want to be a nurse you know she's she's kind of like baby talking to her i mean and like she's being she's uh, being kind
1: uh, also though like if she's like out getting lost and stuff she she she's sure, like a sure. and like a baby. Like, that is kind of no, like it, what you do. It,
0: it, it totally makes sense, but uh, the yeah, old the old, the old woman does not appreciate that patronizing tone. No, tune, no you know? which is funny as shit. Yeah. yeah, she calls her she calls her a bitch and shoves her in the water. Well, and see, and that's what I like. Is it's, it's that
1: same projection onto her? It's like, oh, you're yeah. so pretty or whatever. You must be a stuck up bitch. And it's like she's full of herself, but she's not a stuck up bitch. And to like throw her into the water and then just that fucking awesome like and. Really excellently executed, like like death roll with it's the like gator. It's like drawn
0: out, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it's like it's, an
1: overhead shot, and like it's really murky. It looks great. Yeah, like, yeah. She gets, she gets fucking
0: got by that gator. Mm, yeah, the water's the, like she she a water just water just turns red. Yeah,
1: it's good. It's a good gator kill, and I I love a good gator. kill. I wasn't kill.
0: expecting a gator when I went into Me this neither, movie, and I'm
1: glad we got one. Mm-hmm. I love gator. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, so
2: one of the other things that happens is uh Jenna Ortega goes to look for RJ, who you know the audience. Yes. You know we know that he's been killed, and she goes into the the house. She's comes locked across in the base. Yeah, she and, you know, she gets. She finds
1: uh, a guy down there who has been killed. Yeah, exactly,
2: exactly. She gets locked in the basement. What do you guys think about the the guy that was dead in the basement?
1: They've been doing it before, you know. This yeah. isn't their first. Cool. That's yeah. that. You know, there are a couple of fairly you know, really standard there are a couple of things yeah. that are. They don't hang on it for very long, yeah. and like I don't think they needed to. I, I think no, it's, it's really straightforward. The, the
2: one thing that made me question it a little bit is later they were talking about throwing all the bodies to the gators.
1: So, like, why would they keep one body? Well, oh, I, oh, they do, they'd explain that. They're sometimes, like, taking some of them down there, like, so that, like, the wife can have her way with them. They they, they yeah. make oh, mention yeah, of that in yeah, the yeah, dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and makes right, sense. So. Right, when, yeah. when
0: General Ortega finds him, they make a point of, like, panning down his body and seeing that, like, his pants are, like, around his ankles. Yeah, yeah. and
2: he's naked. And yeah. he's naked.
0: So, it is is um, heavily implied that because the old man uh, has hard heart problems and can't fuck his wife that they uh are occasionally kidnapping and locking up dudes in the basement so the wife can get her jollies kid cuddy also finds the the other car out in the woods i wanted wanted to make a note of that
1: what what is the one movie that is referenced in this film in dialogue psycho psycho and what do they do with the car in psycho
0: they push it into the swamp. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I thought that was a really cool like like return to that. They they pay homage because like it's this it's a very similar car and like he yeah finds it's kind it of the swamp. same
0: yeah it has a a, a, a hippy dippy make love not war bumper sticker on it so you know that kind of I think they kind of do that so like he's sort of like hmm this probably isn't the car of the of the elderly couple. I also like uh, something very subtle that they did uh, when Kid Cudi gets up and goes to the fridge and he's drinking the milk out of the carton you can persons. just see that there's a missing persons uh, <laughs> ad on the side of the milk uh, a lesser movie would have made a big deal of them like unpacking the stuff they bought at the store and setting it down on the counter so like the missing persons ad is right in the camera there would have been a
1: music sting and all the other bullshit mm-hmm. yeah but no, no it's, it's little class it's good old yeah old class.
0: It's, yeah Ambient storytelling we get it We know we get we get there are other things To tell us that they've been doing this before we don't Need to see that there's a missing but like They can just have that be on the milk Carton out of focus as kid Cuddy's drinking from it it. natural this
2: this movie Has a few cases of cool ambient Storytelling another one is the The TV program the Religious program that keeps Being cut to I'm I'm glad glad you brought that up um, That's the best one because it's interesting because That one is a very ambient Storytelling element that turns into a very direct storytelling element at
0: the end i'm not sure how i feel about that honestly i loved it i i'm actually gonna disagree with you on that one i feel like that whole thing is a little bit too direct it takes an interesting turn at the end that i also don't know how i feel about but we see that broadcast multiple times in the movie and the camera always focuses right on it, you know, and it 's your very stereotypical kind of southern preacher preaching about degeneracy and you know the evils of sex and drugs and how America needs Jesus and all of that and it's very i I thought that was very in your face, that was one of the few things that i didn't really like about the movie because it's on every single t v that turns on in this movie day or night it that i found a little bit immersion breaking for me because like even if it is like public access or whatever are they just running the exact same sermon on a loop 24 7 all the time
1: oh Maybe. well uh, actually no I, 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 I that it makes was, sense
0: to me
2: i thought it was just on one tv that they cut to multiple times. Gas station. So I thought in the gas station. It's on the gas oh, the station, as well. right? You're right. And, okay. and that's when we first see. So it. I was gonna say it could be a videotape, but if uh, it's on multiple TVs, because we, yeah. we see it, we I see it at the very beginning,
0: at the very beginning when the cops show up and we're seeing the aftermath of the crime scene, it's on the television. Then it's on the television in the gas station. Then the old man turns on the TV yeah. to to yeah. drown out the sound of Jen Ortega screaming in the middle of the night, and it's on. And then it's still on the next morning when the cops show up.
1: I have a reason for that. This isn't, like, a full excuse for it. I think um, it is very direct, but I think it kind of needs to be, because even still, like, it doesn't say it directly. I mean, it does, but, like, it's, it's kind of quick about it with the big reveal at the end. But... It does hang on the camera for a while, and like you said, it's, it's playing like, in the middle of the night, etc., and it's playing at both of these locations. It's 1978 in a rural area. They're, get, they're only going to have two to four stations on their TVs. And on top of that, um, it is revealed at the very end that they're doing it as like a long-term broadcast because they're trying to find her like they're doing like a sort of a lock in kind of thing like with this congregation like it's supposed to be like a like an all hours sort of broadcast like <laughs> sermon like, so like that, I, I don't know.
0: Speaking of that, like that they're doing like a fundraiser kind of thing.
1: thing. Uh, they're not
0: though. I I mean, it's just a normal sermon. And at the end, the preacher pulls a a curtain off of a picture revealing Mia goth and being like, my sweet baby girl was turned to a life of sin and devilry. And we sure do hope that she'll be brought back to the light. And it's like, that's that's the end. Like They don't say that they're raising money. They don't say that they're looking for her, that he's just using it as an illustration hmm. of look at what can happen. And I think that that in and of itself is fine. I don't know if it really adds anything to her character that she's preacher's daughter turned porn star. I mean, I, I, fall from grace, I guess, whatever. I think if you're gonna do that, don't have it throughout the rest of the film. Show it at the end. When he turns on the TV at night, have it be a fucking infomercial or something. And then when the cops show up in the morning, then it can be a, it's like a Sunday morning sermon that's being broadcasted. We see it. I think the only reason they do it is because a couple of times Mia Goth has a line that's something like, I refuse to settle... For a life that I don't deserve, or yeah. something like that. And when she has the gun on the old woman at the end, she says that again, and it cuts to the TV, and it's the preacher saying the same thing. Yeah,
2: and I love that. And you know, she talks about divine intervention yeah. later yeah. when the TV mentions it after. You know,
1: yeah. things go because yeah, she, she, like
0: she, she and she does a bump of coke, and she says, "I hate God." Yeah. Well,
1: it's it's like okay, so. I thought that was a little much. But, like, the, where she says it at the same time, or, like, right around the same time as, like, Who ends up being her father I loved that Because like at the time I thought it was kind of weird How they were lining up And I was like Why are they lining up Oh punchline It's her dad That's cool She grew up in the same household You know she grew up Hearing those sermons So it's the kind of thing That just like fucking worms It's way into your brain She would be saying it again That's cool I do agree That like like, Playing on the TV Like during the lemonade sequence And like a little bit earlier Like is where it's like It's a little much Like that's where it's It's like they keep Showing Mm. it to us
0: I think you could still Have the mirroring With her saying the same line As the previous creature you know fuck is she's driving away into the dawn she could turn on the radio and the sermons playing there too and we see it on the tv as the cops are showing up yeah. and you know we can have that that parallel be there i i don't that's not necessarily my problem with it it's just like it's they they really they really hammer it hard throughout the movie for a reveal that i don't think really adds much to the character. Overall. I
1: think it does. I think I think it does play into so, some more themes about prudishness. Um, uh, and it definitely brings in the religious angle. Um, you know, once again, like the the couple like, you know, is is both judgmental of them, but also guilty of the same. Um, and, you know, that, that, that's pretty common with like that kind of perspective, especially in religion. Also, sure. the farmer's daughter um, throughout the, the, uh, the all of all of the dialogue that we get uh, from like the movie that they're shooting is about my daddy better not catch me doing this. Sure. And I think that that's really cool. And I like I, I like how can, they, they play that in. I
0: think you can still achieve all of that stuff by just showing it the once at the end. I think that my problem, I, I agree with you, it's thematically pertinent but the fact that they literally slap the camera on it so many times throughout the the movie they overplay the hand for a reveal that i think is while it adds a little bit it doesn't like change the way that i think about the character it's not like a huge
2: plot twist it's no because because the sermons are you know while they're repeated so often they are you know kind of Ambient in terms of not being directly related one to one with what's going on. Like the reveal doesn't change things so dramatically
0: right i still ultimately feel the same about mia goth's character with or without that revelation i don't think it makes it worse but i think if you're gonna do it don't don't lean on it so heavily throughout the rest of the movie just have it be something that you add there at the end you know i think that i think that that would be that would that kind of restraint would serve the film better in the same way that not having the camera on the milk carton with the missing persons thing does. Well, yeah, it's like,
2: leave it to be more ambient or make it more direct because you're doing one and the other here. Hmm. Like, if it was more direct and, like, the the couple were you know more directly religious or zealots yeah you
0: know that would
2: work in a respect because
0: they're not really and honestly I did I, I did find that kind of refreshing sure. like you know they've they've got sort of some of the old fashioned quote unquote prudishness you know they they call these women you know whores and whatnot but ultimately they're hypocritical about it but they're not constantly postulating about uh jesus and stuff like that need to be and it it totally it would it's totally not needed and it's the kind of thing that would just be shoehorned in to this kind of movie considering the time period and the setting you know it's a gimme and the fact that ty west didn't lean super heavily on that with those characters i think is 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 good i mean fuck he did the he did the fucking sacrament like i feel like he said everything he needs to about religious zealotry yeah you know this movie doesn't need to be about that yeah it's pining for lost youth you know yeah but at the same time with you know the
2: sermon being cut to so often it's like Either don't cut to it as often and don't make it such a present element of your movie, or
0: do. You or know? lean
1: into it more. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I would have liked it if, if they'd leaned into it more, Agreed. but I, uh, I, I
1: think it really is just a matter of like one less scene with it in there for me would have been fine. That's that. That's all. I, I think it's a, it's a small it's a small thing. In yeah, that respect. they
0: could have just not had it. They could have just not had it playing on the TV at the gas station. I think that would yeah. have solved a lot of my problems with it. I would have still kind of given it a side eye, being like, he turned it on in the middle of the night and it was on, and then it's still playing the next day.
1: Mm-hmm. But the and fact it's like, that, like you could still say like I have been thinking about it for a second longer, and it's like okay, so maybe they're not doing like a fundraiser or whatever. But like again, it's it's going to be on like a rural like offhand station. They're just going to be. Re- sure playing or re-recording like the the same thing that they already broadcast late into the night because sure. it's a 70s station like it's a 70s rural station that's a Christian network like they're just gonna be replaying the same content
0: I mean like during re- the, like late realistically into the night. that time of night or they do they off the air re- yeah realistically yeah. that time of night there would have been static on TV or, yeah. or it would have just been off the air because uh they did not <laughs> used to broadcast shit that late at night <laughs> um, but I mean that's getting real pissed <laughs> Picky. Yeah,
1: no, yeah. This whole deal is it's really like it's just, it's such a small thing to me, but you know we're we're not.
0: It feels it feels heavy we're just getting handed. into the. It the, feels the heavy meat of it, for yeah. me. It feels heavy-handed in a movie that I think otherwise does subtlety really really well. Yeah, and it's that kind mm-hmm. of stark contrast where there's so many great subtle details that we've already talked about to have something like that be so heavy-handed for an ultimately inconsequential reveal is just like yeah I, I can do i can do without it it doesn't uh it doesn't ruin the movie for me by any means
1: um well let's find out how much it did or didn't uh... well before
0: that i want
2: there's two more things i want to talk mm. about really quick one on me. one is the the fate of the old couple we yes. got to talk about their oh deaths we should, we should. because so they're both great
0: Well, before we get quite to their deaths, I think it's important to mention that after they've killed all of them, except for Mia Goth and Jenna Ortega, They, we do finally get our uh, old people sex scene. They're sitting on the bed in the boarding house, and you know she's sort of lamenting that she used to be beautiful, and he was saying, oh, you were the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen, and she's like, but not anymore, and he's like, always. And so she talks him into having sex to fucking (laughs) even though he's worried about his heart I love it. Mia Goth is hiding under the bed during that scene while they're fucking so like the mattress is like sort of coming down on top of her that's when I suspected that Mia
2: Goth and the old lady were the same person oh really okay because you get that scene where you know it's uh, you know, bird's eye view overhead of them having sex and Mia Goth comes under the yeah, from under the bed and I was like these are the same characters, aren't they? You know, they're these are the same actors Interesting. they're trying to do something you know, symbolically with her, you know, leaving here. Because I, I think there was more to it in that shot, right? Like, it's like her youth is kind of Exiting the frame. Sure. You know, while being there, kind of in presence when yeah. it began.
0: I'm I mean, s- I can see that. But. Anyway, we have to mention that because Mia Goth goes back to the house. She frees Jenna Ortega, who is freaking out and screaming about how it's all her fault. I hate you. She does an Anakin. I uh, hate you. (laughs) And then runs and then runs outside and is unceremoniously uh, blasted to smithereens, Um but while the old couple are dragging her back inside, uh she is still kind of alive a little bit. She she sort of does like a gurgling cough and it startles the old man and he has heart attack <laughs> and dies. It's so funny. Great. The timing is so good cuz like the the same funny guy in our theater uh you know when the old couple shows back up after that he's like oh i guess his heart could take it and everybody did a a laugh and then he dies right away from a heart attack because he gets startled uh yeah that was that was really good another literal chekhov's gun is chekhov's unloaded gun yes uh that uh wayne keeps in the Mm -hmm. the glove box of the van you know and, and when they show up at the beginning the old man like points the shotgun at him and because he doesn't know who he is and he's like you know i'm renting y'all's boarding house we talked on the phone the other day and the guy the old guy puts down the the gun he's like it's not loaded anyway and wayne says oh yeah i got one of those in my glove box too for the same reason he says normally just waving it around does the trick but of course, when Mia Goth runs back to the house, she grabs it out of the uh, the glove box because she had seen it in there before, and she doesn't hear him saying that it's unloaded. Um, so she is she tries to shoot the old woman, and obviously it's unloaded. So the old, woman, the old woman grabs the shotgun and shoots at Mia Goth, and the force of the blow blasts her out through the door <laughs>
1: onto the front lawn, and she breaks a hip. It reminds. It reminded me of the, the bit in like at the very end of Django Unchained, where he's like, say bye to Ms. Davis, bye Ms. Oh, Davis, dude. and she like flies out of the door. Like it was it was very similar in that respect. And I love that. Like, yeah, because she just she yeah. just goes, Wee! Like right out the front. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well like, when the
0: also like when the old man like comes out to the, the house earlier and he's like, My wife's missing, you know, she gets confused and she's wandering around in the dark. If she falls, she might break a hip. And then she when breaks her hip. Because yeah. yeah, when Mia Goth goes outside, she's lying on the ground. She's like, "Oh my hip, <laughs> <laughs> help me, <laughs> help me!" Uh, and then Mia Goth runs her head over. Uh, oh, it's so veil, good! And we get a nice, beautiful shot of it explode of her head exploding. The
2: old toxic avenger, yes, type of thing. So you know, good.
0: Throw so a melon good. under, <laughs> yeah,
2: under a tire. Oh, Always man. great. It is great. Right. The last thing I wanted to talk about is uh, in the the end credits. I saw that Chelsea Wolf did yes, the soundtrack. That's what for I this. wanted to talk about. No too. shit, I, yeah, which is awesome. But oh, at the same time, she's so good. I felt like before I knew that, I thought the score was pretty decent. But after seeing that, I was like, damn, they kind of underutilized
1: there could be more Chelsea, Chelsea Wolfe
2: in
0: some respect. I think Man. I think that she serviced the the soundtrack really well. Like the soundtrack. Like- well, it was it was her, it wasn't just her. It was her and somebody else whose name I missed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think the score for this movie was perfect for what it needed to be. Yes. Chelsea Wolfe is great. I think that utilizing her more heavy handedly would have been distracting. Yeah. Sure, but at the same
2: time, like, I I think of other A24 horror movies where they get, you know, your Colin Stetson or your Hax Cloak, and, you know, you get kind of their trademarks into it, where, like, it still fits the movie really well, but you get kind of their unique element that they bring to the table. And I didn't, you know, you get some vocal kind of, textures in this movie that's that are what
0: cool. i that's what i love like so much yeah. of the, but... the the score is vocals like a woman like moaning like sex like sexual moaning that is like being tweaked and fit to the score which mm-hmm. i thought is Really fucking cool. It's eerie too. That's another thing that they do really well in this movie with the music is like, that's part of the reason why I don't think any of the sex scenes really feel erotic is because they have this really deeply sinister music that is like put on top of them that is just not sexy at all. It's like, (laughs) it's like, Ooh man, something, this is uncomfortable. (laughs) Something sinister is happening here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I really liked that.
2: Yeah. I think it's just a little understated. I would be interested
0: in hearing uh, more Chelsea. Sure. Wolf. Sure. I mean, um, always more Chelsea Wolf, right? Yeah. yeah, she's, yeah great. she's great. The, the very last thing I want to mention is just a, a nice little touch. They did. It was the first thing I noticed in the movie. Cause it was the first shot of the movie is uh, it's the shot of the house from the barn door, but the way that it's silhouetted it, or the way, the way that it's framed the the doorway of the barn is in an almost perfect 3 by 4 aspect ratio mm-hmm. which we see a lot of because we like see them like shooting the porno and it's Almost a perfect three by four aspect ratio, and they do this slow dolly forward out of the barn, and it goes from three by four to widescreen. Yeah. I just, I just thought that was a really cool <laughs> little uh, cinematography yeah, trick. Yeah, it's fun.
2: I have one more. ...thing that I want to talk about, but I'm going to save it for after ratings. Sounds good. Okay. Let's go. I guess I'll start. you start. Go for it. Um, I thought this movie was a lot of fun. It's really creative, and it feels like a very authentic throwback in a lot of ways. While having some modern things to say, Ty West once again shows that he's a master of perfecting atmosphere... ...and a certain period in filmmaking and aesthetic um this movie you know perfectly captures the 70s in a way that i feel like a lot of people have tried and failed in the last decade or two um yeah this movie was really fun i had some minor you know critiques on certain elements whether it's the 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 tv repeating so much or kind of uh You know, honestly, the the fact that it's a little slow to get started, I, I wanted a little more there. But overall, yeah, I would strongly recommend it. I think I would give this a strong four... Let's just go four out of five. I'm, you know, hovering between four and four and a half, but I think four out of five is appropriate
0: yeah i'm i'm right on that same edge as you are i'm sort of hovering between four and four and four point five i think that i'm going to give it a a good strong four as well um just because uh hard to say how it's going to uh grow on me or not as I continue to think about how much it sticks with me. So, you know, could be higher at some point, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a solid 4 out of 5 for me.
1: I'm going to carry on the trend of edging. Uh, I'm right right there. I'm right about to be either a 4 or a 4.5. Uh, Ooh, we are all edging. Uh, we're we're all edging all all. right there. Ooh-wee. Ooh. But um, I think... I think I'm going to go ahead and just cuz the they were the pastor like I agree but it didn't concern me as much and that's really like just about the only thing I had about it. I don't want to give it a 5. I feel like my my opinions on this film could be open to change over time um uh, as always but uh with this one in particular i think that i i'd be curious to learn more about the film and to you know like just get some other perspectives and opinions on it but where i stand right now is i would i would i'm going to go ahead and lean just a little bit further into 4.5 i i really liked this film uh it had a lot to talk about it it felt like academic it felt like an elevated a24 good old horror movie um but it also delivered just on a uh a base level as well it was violent it was there was a lot of sex it was funny it was fun and i i i got everything i'd want out of a, out of a good movie and you know just a wonderful example of having your cake and eating it too um the last thing i'll say is i was watching a nerd writer video essay this morning on the film grain and mandy and there's a really cool quote that he pulls from it and it's uh uh, this might be a bit of a paraphrase, but it's, it's along the lines of it. It's pretentious, but I like it. it. It's, um, the, the aesthetics are the, of the past are the palette by which we paint the future. And I think that that's a really cool way to break down what makes Mandy great. And this movie great as well is it takes, it has a great understanding of the seventies, but it does not use it as a crutch. It uses it to, to, to tell a new story. You know, in that era, uh, with those things, and it, it uses it as a palette to paint with, and it's fucking cool. and so yeah, I would highly recommend this movie.
0: Well, uh, I think that's a resounding recommendation from all of us. X gets a 4 point2 out of five.: It gave it. To the, me. the one
2: thing I wanted to talk about here is really interesting. I saw a news story earlier this week in the the hype cycle for this that uh, this movie is actually Ty West actually wants to make this a trilogy. In fact, mm. he secretly has fully shot the prequel to this movie already. It's called Pearl, and it's set in 1918. Uh, Sorry, Mia Goth. What? Yeah. Uh, oh, could be cool, but, but also you know uh, might not be. You know, we were all talking about like the ending where they reveal that they're looking for Mia Goth, and that is setting up a sequel. 1918. Uh, well, that's the prequel. They're doing a prequel and he a wants to do a trilogy. Yeah.
0: They should just uh the naming convention should be X and then X X, 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 X and then XXX. <laughs> um I mm, you know I won't immediately write it off cuz I liked this movie, but nothing about this movie made me be like I need to see no, more of this specific thing. Well, really nicely encapsulated. It's uh, so nicely self-contained. Ty West said you know, they are
2: going to all be very different. You know, okay. the prequel is called Pearl, and it's set in 1918. So I wonder if he's going to try to do a silent movie oh, with it or man. something like that. I kind of hope not, because that that has potential to be very bad. Good. That would
1: suck. Pretentious, yeah.
2: um, but he also said the sequel would be very stylistically motivated by a different... Period in cinema.
0: What could the sequel be about? the The old couple's dead. They they done killed them. Does Mia Goth it go would off to probably be a Her now? going off to It'd do new a, things. Yeah, about Mia uh, Goth
2: or like the the religious zealots trying to find her. or okay. something. Yeah. that could
0: be interesting.
1: There there are Man, stories to tell with that, but I do honestly.
0: I don't like I the idea of a nineteen eighteen prequel because then that would imply that this woman has been like a psycho. Uh, killer for her entire life and i feel like that kind of deflates this whole thing that like her her murderous streak is driven out of bitterness of of her lost youth like if she's been doing that even when she was young like what is why does why is the character in this movie interesting then i mean my thought is what if she's not the killer in the prequel that's the only what way if, to do it in you know, a way that would be she interesting. is okay.
2: the the protagonist and you know she violence begets something. violence yeah. or something
0: like that it, where it would have to be yeah if if it's if it's about her being a serial killer in the 19 19- in the 19 teens I'm not interested frankly yeah Um, so I won't write it off entirely but he's already shot it so I guess we're getting it
2: yeah Um, uh, probably not this year I would assume not that would make any that would probably be a prediction for next year that's so
0: that's so interesting that he's already shot the whole thing before even releasing this movie yeah that's having a ballsy it's very ballsy that's like having a lot of faith that like people are gonna love this movie and you know I I liked it a lot and I think that it's probably gonna do well among the fans of elevated horror and A24 films but will it have the same kind of enduring legacy yeah I'm as very the, as the witch or I'm as hereditary very
2: curious uh-huh. to see how this does at the box office yeah. me too me we too. uh we predicted this one because it's not for everybody yeah we predicted By this miles. one so We'll have full results next week. Because, As of recording, it's you know, opening weekend. Opening mm-hmm. weekend. We'll, we'll see how the, it does box office-wise. But I could see this you know, being kind of a crossover success. It is a fun horror movie. It's not competing with
0: any other horror films no, right now. It's yeah, literally and, the only horror movie in theaters yeah, at the Kid moment. Kid Cudi
2: and Brittany Snow and Jenna Ortega are kind of names in some circles. Yeah. Um so it could be it they could do, do have well. Names. At the same time, you know, uh well they've been in other big No things, no I'm agreeing with you no. just with comedy. Um <laughs> uh but like at the same time it is a very slow burn and I don't think that's for everyone. Yeah. So yeah. it's I don't know. I don't the know. The trailer
0: man. the trailer doesn't quite set up what the film actually is um so i could see a lot of people thinking it's one thing going to see it and being like this is too dang slow Uh. when's when's things gonna start happening um (sighs) anyway um next week is a very special episode next week is our 200th episode bow 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 Two hundred episode. I mean, technically, it's like two hundred and thirty, but uh, yeah, yeah, those mini di- episodes, too the lost episodes—they're not. They still exist, and they are actually the format of the show that we still use to this day. But uh, they were—they were just numbered differently. <laughs> yes. Um, so this is our this is our number two hundred. And uh, longtime listeners of the show might remember that for our one hundredth episode, we did a very special film. We talked about. Uh, Ridley Scott's uh, sci fi horror masterpiece, Alien. And so it feels only proper in 2022, the year of the sequel, the year of the squeakle for our 200th episode we're going to do the sequel to Alien. We're going to do James Cameron's Aliens. The stars
1: have aligned. We're going to watch a goddamn it good movie. It could not be more, Game over, excited. Man. Be more perfect. Game it could over. not be
0: more perfect. Game over. Uh, we've been holding on to this movie for a long time for specifically this purpose.
1: It's time to not get away from this movie, you bitch. That's we're right. Gonna in, <laughs> we're going to get into we're this getting movie. In there. We're, we're getting in, we're in getting there. We're
0: getting way up in there. Way,
1: way up in there.
0: <laughs> so Come back and join us next week for our 200th episode, aliens extravaganza. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited. One of the all-time great. All right, let's get
1: this sponsor rolling because I am hungry and want to order some food. All right, here we go. Here we go. This episode is brought to you by. This paper unravelled one hand. Here we go. All right, a snail and a slug. Why why have one when you can have both? Snail and slug. Why choose a shell when you can have a slug that doesn't have a shell? Because that's the
0: difference between a snail and a slug. The best of both worlds. Yep. Get it? Because the snail st- shell ah. is a is world.
1: That's right. It's whirling. We're whirling and and twirling. World. And uh, yes, much you uh, you too can be like Christopher Lee in The Wicker Man and and stare at slugs uh, having sex or snails uh, and uh, make weird commentary on them uh, about. Fornication. Read
0: poetry at them. You read poetry.
1: That's right. He reads poetry at them. Uh,
0: He recites poetry. He's not. He's much too learned to read it.
1: Unlike me, uh, uh, who who couldn't remember what what he was doing in that scene when I made the reference. But anyway, yeah. No. uh, uh, This episode was brought to you by a snail and a slug, and uh, we hope we hope you enjoy the slime.
0: we thank the snail and the slug for their sponsorship of the show. If you would like to sponsor the show, you can. We have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/podpeoplepod. We have three different subscriber tiers to choose from. The highest of which is honorary podboy. If you become a subscriber to that one, you get to recommend us movies.
1: Get over there quick! Unlike a snail or a slug, join Go the fast. likes.
0: Join the likes of honorary podboys Sam Simon and Sarah Morris, who we thank and appreciate as always. Uh, If you don't want to give us money, that's fine, too. You can support us by just going to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star rating and a nice review. We would appreciate that. Just as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at PodPeoplePod and at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod, where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. They're there. You can follow me on Twitter at some spooky snake.
1: I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm very occasionally tweeting for Light Arc Studios. We brought out progress on It Stairs Back. You can also find my work on dreadxp.com. If you look at all the cool games there, I have worked on some of them. I've done some cover I've done some in-game cool posters and 2D assets and other neat things. I'm uh, in QA and all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, go go support DreadXP because they're a fucking cool studio. Uh, recently I was also on an episode of Real Professional uh, with them, also a XP uh, syndicated podcast. Uh, done two podcasts this week, pretty cool, um, uh, where we talked about poop a lot. Um, that was a big. That was a big topic. We we talked about games and uh, you know working on games and other things and current media as well. But uh, it was a really fun time. I'd recommend y'all go and uh, go give them some love. Go and uh, go listen to that real professional episode.
0: Talking about poop, unlike the very serious things we talk about. Oh on yes, like coming, yes, like <laughs> coming. <laughs> talking about poop when you could be talking about come. Come on, come on, come. On. Amateur shit. Come on. Hey. Uh, all right. Well, that does it for us. It does Mr. Cuddy, will you play us out?